welcome to Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. How's everybody doing today? I hope you're enjoying your day and enjoying your week. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, I am Senior Master Craig Greca. I'm a 6th degree black belt in the Universal Martial Art and a 5th degree black belt in the Do Martial Art. And I've been studying for the, over the last two years in Kung Fu and Kabuto weapons. And we're here today to discuss the teachings and trainings inside the Karate Kid universe. And that includes the Cobra Kai Netflix series. Speaking of, um, every time I watch um, the Karate Kid movies or uh, Cobra Kai, I love seeing the makings of and the stunt planning for shows like Cobra Kai. Um, they seem to make the scene look good. And um, I use those ideas to help me in the movies and demos that I create. Okay? For example, um, I saw one, um, the mall fight between Samantha, Robbie, and Hawk and the Cobra Kais with Dimitri. And um, uh, it was fun watching that fight scene because in one, in one part, Samantha does a flying sidekick to one of the um one of the cobra kais and um you know you think like in in martial arts maybe it's because i have a lot of jumping ability but a lot of times we just do a flying sidekick and get close and call it a day but a lot of time these these actors get get a help and assistance from uh harnesses wires and uh, mats just in case they fall so um it's interesting watching that because um you know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, but anyways, um, here's a fun fact for you. Um, you know, the older movies, like the Karate Kid, the first Karate Kid, um, Ralph Macchio and William Zabka rehearsed that fight scene in whole, the whole fight scene. So they had it all memorized and prepared. Um, and they had to perform the entire scene every time they took a take. Um, so that was very tiring for them, they said. Um, this is what we do in movies down here in Florida, uh, which is a lot harder to do than separate takes. Um, if you don't do it this way, you have to control, mark the positions, move the equipment um, every single take and make sure the lighting's consistent, which is hard to do without a crew. So when we do our movies down here, the crew pretty much consists of me and sometimes of assistance from a few of the uh, uh, students. And sometimes I have um, an assistant instructor there to help me out. But most of the time, I do things by myself. So that's, that makes it really difficult. So a lot of times, we rehearse the scenes in full rather than trying to um, do them in each movement in separate takes. It also makes the flow of the fight better, too. So you get to see more of the, f the flow of the fight. The problem with it is, is that you can't, sometimes you can't get the, a really close reaction to a hit. Um, sometimes you can cover up bad martial arts by having the camera closer, which they do for a lot of actors, um, to make it look like they're, um, they're doing something a lot more important than, than they are. But it's, you know, in martial art world, that's not that great of a maneuver. So anyways, uh, today's topic, we're talking about stunt work. Okay. Now, it's kind of funny that we're talking about stunt work this week because I have a stunt action workshop on Friday for my students here at the studio. 
But anyways, uh, my history on this is I got my degree and uh, my bachelor's degree in film, television, and radio. So I love these mediums and I enjoy working in them. Okay. Now over the years, I've been making movies with my kids uh, from the martial arts studios, uh, both in Michigan and also in Florida. Um, I even started a production company called Flying Sidekick Productions, where I produce these kid martial art movies. Okay, um, and I put them on YouTube, and YouTube has really opened up the possibilities of sharing your movies with others. That's something that's a lot different. Uh, back in the day, um, I used to give kids a DVD to take home so they can show their friends and family. Okay, and at first they probably showed it a lot, just like they do those dance those dance DVDs that you get when you're in dance. Um, but then eventually it gets uh, it gets discarded into the um, into the abyss of your video drawer. So um, I like YouTube because uh, you can go ahead and look at it anytime you want. All you need is a smartphone. Anybody can look at it. So let's say um, one thing that uh, Gabrielle, my daughter Gabrielle, and her friends do is that when they come over um, or when they are talking with with each other at home. They'll say, hey, let's watch this movie, and they go on YouTube and they watch it real quick. And they can laugh at it. They can laugh about how silly they were. They can laugh at the mistakes they made, and it's a lot of fun. So, But um, when I was in Michigan, I would only do these, do these movies whenever I had the interest and the commitment from many different people, crew and instructors and so on and so forth. When I got to Florida, I decided that I was going to do them regardless of what kind of um, help I had. So that's why I take on the responsibility myself. And I said, you know, this, you know, I love making movies, and uh, even though they can be kind of stressful sometimes, um, I like doing it. I, I like being creative, and it's fun. And um, the biggest reason why I do it for is to record my kids, Gabrielle and Xander, as they grow up. Okay, a lot of times you don't give yourself an opportunity to videotape, store, and, uh, and log, so to speak, different moments when they're growing up. And uh, this, um, this is a great thing for me to look back on and see them grow up. They can grow up in these movies, just like kind of like a child star does um, in movies. You know, this is not, you know, stardom like, like you see in, uh, you know, uh, Hollywood, whatever, but it's important enough for me. Um, I also, too, tell parents, uh, the kids in my studio, that they make memories as well. This is, captures a moment in time, a moment in time where they pulled, pulled this off, okay? Um, it's not every day that someone puts together a movie opportunity because it takes a lot of time, a lot of skill, and a lot of commitment to pull it off, okay? I fund these opportunities through my summer camps and basically break even each time. So I'm not making any money doing these. I just like doing them just for because I like doing them. My advice to my students and those around me, though, listen carefully. Take advantage of every opportunity, for you don't know how long it will last. Okay? It's not every day that someone will commit their time and energy into something. So when you have an adult that's willing to do that, you have to take advantage of it. Okay? Because you don't know how long the opportunity will last. Through my life, I've seen uh, things happen through scouts, through martial arts, and through life in general, where people were committed for a long time, okay? And then eventually, that opportunity goes away, and you had golden moments in time. 
where that particular thing was happening, and then it doesn't anymore. So, um, talking about the work task. Every single podcast, we talk about the work task involved. For Stunt Work, we are talking a lot about movie making today. I will cover movie magic as a different topic um, later on. Today's focus is more on stunt work. However, you guys need to know the background of what it does, what it is, what it, what entails to make a movie. So, first of all, making movies is work. It's not glamorous like everybody says it is, especially on the low budget level. Okay. Um, in the higher budget level, and uh, even some movies that I worked on, uh, the actors could stay inside um, a trailer, a temperature-controlled trailer, sit in a room with a bunch of other actors and rehearse their lines back and forth so they can be ready. Okay, But when you're doing the small, the small shoots, you're doing everything on the fly. Uh, movie making is work. It is work. There's a concept in uh, making movies. It's called hurry up and wait. Okay, and this describes a lot of what movie making process is. Um, a lot of times you get to site, you have a lot of things to set up, um, lighting concerns, um, microphone concerns, cord concerns, where your cords are at, your camera, whether or not you can see in the viewfinder because it's too sunny. Um, and then you have to uh, block the scene. The actors have to block the scene. What are they doing? Where are they walking to? Where are they walking from? What are they saying? Where are they at? Where are they at in the scene? And what they're doing. Okay, so um, hurry up and wait means there's a lot of setup. And then uh, the people that are involved with that particular shot are in the shot and everybody else is waiting. So the crew, the cast, everybody else is waiting while you do that shot. And once you get that shot complete, then you move on to the next one. Then it's someone else's turn. You hurry up and get everybody set, rehearse lines, so on and so forth, and then you shoot it. Okay, and then everybody else waits. So there's a lot of hurry up and wait in movies. You're never entertained all the time, um, especially when you're a young kid. So um, one of the things is when it's your turn, be ready. When it's your turn, be ready. A lot of kids, they, um, they're sitting there watching the movie-making process happen, and they, um, when it's their turn, they're not ready. And you want to make sure that you're always personally ready for your part. Okay, and a good actor does that. Now, in professional movie making, when um, an actor is not prepared and they make a lot of mistakes, the crew and the cast get very disappointed about the professionalism of that particular actor not having everything prepared. It's one thing to make mistakes because you can make mistakes. Like you didn't say it the right way, you want to say it a little bit different. It's quite another to totally bomb every single time. Um, so a lot of times you got to make sure that when it's your turn, that you are ready. You're on the spotlight. Um, you're ready. Okay. And I actually have a personal experience with this. Um, you know, I always talk about myself with humility because um, I have made mistakes before. Okay. Um, one time I was uh, on the crew of uh, Sequest in uh, Sequest 2032, I think it was called, uh, over in Orlando, and um, I got featured. Um, Potsy, um, Anson Williams, decided to use me um, for a reaction shot of the doctors. I was a doctor in that scene, and he wanted a reaction shot, okay? And uh, I didn't really know how to act it up. I was kind of younger. I was in my 20s. Um, <clears throat> So I um, under underacted it, okay. So I didn't act it enough, 
And he tried a bunch of times, and I really couldn't nail it, the performance, so he kind of moved on. But I felt bad. I felt like I, I really was poor at acting. I couldn't, I couldn't pull, pull off what he wanted me to do, and I lost my opportunity. But, see, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We have to try and learn from them and move on. Um, so later on, you know, you just have to learn to animate your face more and uh, work on your acting skills. But anyways, um, speaking of practice, um, stunt work requires a lot of practice for just one fight scene. Um, you have to memorize the whole fight scene um, in, entirely, and you have to know um, how to react to every single punch or kick that you do. Um, fight scenes are harder and require more takes than just dialogue uh, scenes. Okay, even though sometimes in our um, movies, uh, sometimes the dialogue seems to be harder for some people um, because we're martial artists, but um, it's actually the fighting scenes that are actually a lot harder because you have to make sure that you're getting close but not hitting. Um, you have to make sure that you're reacting properly to getting hit. You know, you, you, can un you can overact it and you can underact it. You know, if you overact it, like some kids do, every time they get hit, they fall to the ground. And I'm like, well, you're not dying every time you get hit. You have to make sure that you act. Are you, uh, I asked them, I, when they're doing their fight scene, I said, are, are you technically beaten at that point? Are you down for the count? Or are you planning on getting back up and still continuing to fight? Because you have to act it out that way. You know, the audience doesn't like it when you die 50 times in a battle. You have to, you know, you keep on getting up for more. Uh, you have to plan it. So if you fall down, you need to kind of roll back, um, back up to your feet, and keep, keep fighting and act like you haven't been uh, done for yet. You know, taken out. Beat up. Yeah. So it takes tons of practice for one fight scene. Okay? So you get that fight scene down. You plan every detail of your fight, okay? And then uh, what I've been telling the students lately and what we're gonna be practicing this week is plan every detail of your stunt that you plan to do, okay? So if you plan on doing a stunt that involves some kind of um, special maneuver that, uh, that, you, that something can go wrong, um, in fact, that's what I have written down next, think about what could go wrong as you do your, as you do your stunt, you know? Um, so, um, There was, um, there's one thing, I did a demo one time with my, um, my master instructor, Gene Duncan. Um, I was doing a stunt where, um, like, uh, I was showing off to the audience, and I got into the Karate Kid crane position. And my brother came forward, and I did the crane kick. Now, he caught my foot, and then pushed it up against his thigh so I could jump off of it. Okay, so that's a, that's a trick. That's a stunt trick, uh, because if he held me by my um, Achilles tendon, back of my heel, I couldn't use the um, the hamstring just to lift my whole body up, because that would, I could pull a hamstring that way possibly. So if I could use my if I could flex my knee and and, and do my quadricep, I could get my leg up and I could jump off his leg and fly in the air. And then he also has to let go of it so that I don't land on my back. So there's some precision work involved there. So anyways. I kick him, he catches it, puts it against his thigh, hides it in the folds of his, of his uniform, and then I jump off his leg and I do a, a swing kick or a, a roundhouse kick up in the air. 
And I usually do it across his face, and then he reacts to it. And I'm like, yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, you got him with the with something else. Um, but the problem is, is that um, one time I kicked way, I jumped too high, and I, I hit way over his head. And when I hit way over his head, I turned my body in the air and, and turned around, looked at the floor, and roll, shoulder rolled out of it. So Master Duncan's like, you got to do that every time. That looks awesome. That is so sweet. That is awesome. So um, uh, anyways, um, I did that stunt over and over again, and I got pretty good at it. The only problem was is that I didn't use a mat um, to do stunts on, which I have later down in my, uh, in my list of items here. But um, um, So I, um, one time I did it, and I was too close to the floor, and I hit my head on the concrete a little bit. Um, so then I, I tried to evaluate that stunt because I could get hurt if I'm too close to the floor when I turn around. I turned around, looked, the floor was right there, I turned my head real quick. I rolled on my shoulder halfway and hit my head on the side a little bit. So think about what could go wrong. Have a contingency plan, okay? Um, and then right here, use mats for everything. So I should have brought a mat. I should always have mats. Now we have... Um, like nine mats in the studio. So I always use a mat. Even though the, the floor is matted, it's only an inch. So I want to get another inch there or two just to make sure that kids don't get hurt. You know, so if they accidentally land on their shoulder hard or anything like that, that, they, um, that they're safe, you know. Then once you've uh, planned for everything, every stunt that I've ever done in my entire life, I've always planned for. Okay, so um, I always planned every detail out to make sure that I, that I wouldn't get hurt and I would uh, plan everything accordingly. So you put it all together. You put it all together. Then you have to make a decision of the long take versus the short takes. Okay, as we talked about that before, the long take is better because you get the fight and hole, but the short takes would give you an opportunity to pull off a harder stunt. Now, one thing that I keep on telling the students of the movies are is that you need to have awesome martial arts skills. So I tell them all the time, make sure you're coming to class, make sure you're practicing two or three times a week, make sure that you're getting good at your martial arts skills. And martial arts skills means like how you kick, how you punch, how you move your body. Also, to the targeting, aim, and reaction. So we need to know, you know, what we're targeting at. We hit, we hitting in front of the face because that didn't look like a face shot. It looks like you hit him in the shoulder or hit him in the stomach. You got to make sure that where you're intending to hit him is where you're planning to to hit him. You don't want to miss him. Like sometimes I say, it looks like I missed. Um, you have to make it sure it looks like a, a hit. Okay. So I try and show the technique really good through the camera, but also, too, we got to make sure that they look like they hit. We show them tricks to do so. Like when you're doing a, a, a side shot, um, you have to punch past their face from the side to make it look like you really hit them. So that's a little trick that you have to do when you're doing fake uh, fights. Because as I told the students, you know, if actors really hit themselves, Every time they did this set, this, this fight scene, they would get hurt and they wouldn't be able to continue to act. So they have to make sure that you're making it look like you hit, not hitting them for real. Also, too, you have to know your limits, but know how to stretch them. So anyways, the martial art practice. We talked a lot about the movie making process today. The martial art practice, how, how do you, um, what things do you do uh, during this stunt training? Well. You can practice redirections. Redirections is when you jump off thighs, jump off backs, jump off walls, jump off anything else and redirect a kick to a different direction. You know, jump off one person, kick another. Those are redirections, and those look really cool in martial arts, and that's an awesome stunt to try. 
Also, too, make sure you're practicing your gymnastic skills so that you can do front rolls, shoulder rolls, back rolls. This is one back roll. We do a back shoulder roll. We call it a plop. And what you do is you do a back shoulder roll, and you go up on your shoulder, and then you land flat, plopping on the floor. And that really makes it look, it's kind of humorous, and it kind of makes it look like you're finished off. So when you, get the, when you do the plop, that means you're done. You know, so a lot of times we, we laugh about that. You also have to practice your falls and throws, which we'll be doing on Friday this week. Learning how to fall properly, making it look like you can fall and then roll out of it, or you can fall and fall hard. You know, when you fall hard, you look like you're falling hard. You're not really falling hard. Then you have to act up the fight. So every single martial art thing that you do, you have to act it up. You have to make sure you have emotional content. That's a word I stole from Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Emotional content, not anger. Um, you have to make it sure that you're like you're into it, you're present in what you're doing, you're reacting to it, you're um, kind of, you know, fight acting. You have to act it up as you do it. And then also, too, when we use weapons, you have to, these are all fake weapons, you have to hit the weapon safely, um, but you have to hit it like you mean it. You know, so you have to not break the weapon, but make it look like you're hitting as hard as you can. And that, that, that goes with the acting, like putting your arms into it, swinging it, making facial expressions, making key-ups. Key-ups sometimes are good for emotional content. Um, and then you, lastly, you need to have charisma and presence. That you're like, wash you know, like, like Bruce Lee used to. That's what he was known for, is having charisma and presence in his movies, you know. And people are like, you know, that's, that's, um, that's uh, um, attractive. When you're watching a movie, you see Bruce Lee going, wash you know, oh, whoa, like that, and all that stuff like this. It was, that was his thing. So. Um, so anyways, keep on practicing this. And uh, as I said before, you can use this stunt training for TikTok videos and YouTube videos and... That those avenues are all open for you these days to do, to practice, and to have fun. Um, remember that um, we're here, and we're here to, in order to fully learn martial arts or, you know, Miyagi-Do karate, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. Stunt training, movie magic training is all great for you to practice your martial arts skills. In fact, that helps you to take it to the next level. Um, and a lot of your stuff, because a lot of your stuff, because you're going to be on film, you want to make sure that you do the best take that you can, so that you can look good. Now, the secret word for today. I have two phrases today, because I am showing my age, and also too, I want to be able to make sure that the kids think it's fun too. So, anyways, the first secret word I came up with was called the Fall Guy. Last week I used a old show, so I thought I'd use an old show, old '80s show. I used to love the Fall Guy when I was a, when I was a kid. You know, that was, that was a fun show. The guy was a stuntman. He was a professional stuntman. And, you know, he's got in trouble. Um, like a, I think he was a bounty hunter, too. And uh, it was a fun show. Fun show. Uh, and I watched that back in the days. But for the younger kids, finish them. Okay, from Mortal Kombat. When you're doing stunt work, you got to learn how to finish them. And that's fun. You know, so those are our two secret words today. You can give me either one in order to get discounts on our Karate Kid Master Dojo merchandise. So um, I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. Remember that we're here every week learning martial arts through everyday work, thus creating life around you, increased productivity, and a better world. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the rest of your week. 
This is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.